Okay, we're rolling. Is, is, is that like a... Oh, it's good to be here uh, at our first Beyond the Sunday Sermon. And uh, it was it was quite a privilege to start with Romans 3 as we are beginning this Total Christ Sermon series for five weeks, uh, thinking about what it means to be gospel-centered. It's hard to ever feel like you can do Romans 3 justice Um no pun intended. Just because it's it's sort of the foundation of of everything, the foundation of our new creation. Uh, we the the main point I think there is is seeing that God is the just judge, and contrary to all expectations, He ends up uh, putting forward Himself in Jesus Christ as our uh, substitute and sacrifice, and so. I definitely wanted to make sure to hit that, but also to, to try to spend some time just on the assumption that God is just or righteous, mm-hmm. um, that he really is the judge. It's, it's something our culture doesn't want to think about or, or just tries to totally ignore. Um, so I tried to spend some time on that. Just realizing that that's an assumption for, for Paul, for all of scripture, that, that we will meet at our judge That's at, the end of time, uh, but he came into the middle of history to be judged in uh, Jesus Christ, and so we have we have a whole new life. And then just trying to bring out the the implications of that. Obviously, it's hard to limit what those would be, uh, but but I think the the five that I hit were uh, a whole new relationship to our performance uh, or our good good works. Uh, to our sin, to our suffering, to one another, uh, especially in the church, and then, of course, to God. Uh, so I want to hear what Jerry thinks about all this. And, uh, yeah, what struck you? What What do you want to ask about? Yeah, I, guess, I suppose what, what struck me um, as, as I was listening to the sermon and um, thinking about uh, unbelievers, um, how do they hear the terms justice and, yeah. and, and, and righteous, especially vertically, like uh, in relation or in relation to God? And you made a statement that um, our culture has the opposite assumption that um, if there's a God, he has to be loving. But justice, like, well, maybe and justice. And if if, if we cry for justice, then it's going to be against the other person. They're, they're clearly bad people. Hmm. Um, but I do think we wrestle with how, you know. In what way am I held accountable hmm. to to this God? You know, we can all agree that He's loving, but can we all agree that He's just? And if He's just, then how um, how does that affect me? I think we wrestle wrestle. So I was just thinking and thinking through some of those assumptions. Um, now, obviously, every sermon can't hit every single assumption. We yeah. have to get to a main point and get to the point of the text. But I do think that's a big hurdle yeah. for people when they hear texts like this. And the hurdle is it's it's not so much oh, I can't fathom that this is possible, but what's the big deal mm. sort of thing? Mm. What's the big deal that God, if there's a God and he sacrificed his son for me, what does that have to do with me? Mm. This happened millennia ago. Mm. So I think that I, I'm, I'm wondering if there are people in our congregation who wrestle with that. I don't, so I don't know if you have any. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that our recent um, sort of social justice movement and, and awareness has made this at least a bit more palatable to our culture. Mm. And I think even if we're to take social justice and, 
in a more vague if if you want to basically if you want to be consistent mm-hmm. i think you can take this desire for social justice mm-hmm. and if you apply it perfectly mm-hmm. do not limit the uh, application of it at all hmm. if we if we say we don't we want social justice but we also want perfect justice mm-hmm. like we want every sin to be dealt with as it deserves hmm. and as only a perfect and eternal god who has the perfect perspective mm-hmm. can do that hmm. because we certainly will never have that yeah perfectly objective perspective yeah. you, we will never know someone's intention you know yeah. even our own intention yeah perfectly so to me it's kind of applying our desire for justice whatever political side you may be on mm-hmm. apply that consistently mm-hmm. and realize that i think we do want it mm-hmm. and don't be don't be satisfied with half justices half truths mm-hmm. you know yeah um, yeah yeah and and I think even in on the um, maybe the flip side of, of that statement, not only do people not only does social justice and sort of that that push to see things made right that have been made wrong in our society um, make the justice of God more palatable at least at least somewhat more understandable. But maybe I think people actually want to be judged. Mm. I think they have a desire to be judged. Uh, we just don't want to be judged wrongly. Mm. We're afraid of being judged wrongly, but we want to be told you're beautiful. Mm. We want to be told I love you. We want to be told you're right. Mm. We want to be told you're wrong and this is how it can be fixed. Mm -hmm. We want to be told those things. Mm. Um, And so I think that's one way we can get at it. It's like Mm. you actually want to be judged. You're afraid of being judged wrongly. Justice is not a problem for you. It's being judged. It's injustice. That's the problem. And we all know that. And we've all experienced somebody just thinking about like sermons where somebody says, that was a great sermon. That was a good sermon. But that, they said that about every sermon. <laughs> yeah. And you start wondering, are they really being honest about their um, perception of me? Mm. Or are they just saying it to please me? Um, and I, and I, th- I think as, as pastors, when, when we look at that, we're like, wow, um, we actually want to be judged. We'd much rather hear yeah, they were, I didn't fully understand it. It may hurt, but at least we know their mm. true their, their true intent, like what they actually experienced. And that's what God is actually doing. God is mm. saying, this is exactly what's wrong with you. Mm. This is exactly what's wrong with the world. Mm. I'm not trying to cover it up to please you, um, but I'm actually trying to satisfy mm. not only his justice, but also something that you desperately need. Um, so that's, that's what's been helpful for me. And you, you get at some of these when it comes to how the five, how the how the, the gospel or the justice of God um, changes our relationship to these five different things. So yeah, I don't know if we want to go that route to talk about. Yeah, we probably five. should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the one we don't think all these in order. But yeah, you said that uh, in relationship to the, our good works, to our sin, to our suffering to one another and to our relationship with God. The two that really stuck out to me was our relationship to one another and our relationship to suffering. Hmm. Those are the two that really stood out to me. Um, Because the the statement you made, you know, um, we wrestle with whenever we're suffering, what makes our suffering even worse is we think God is actually against us. Hmm. 
but we can be sure as Christians that it's not that God's against us. And I think that, that again, there's the justice part. God has already told us what he, what he, what he believes about us. Yeah. Um, the suffering part, that's a whole other dilemma that we, we don't have to tackle now. Um, but that was the piece at least I got to me. And the other one, our relationship to one another. Um, so I'll ask a question. How do you think that actually flows directly from justice? Hmm. How that changes our relationship to one, one another? Well, what he starts with is boasting is excluded. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously a interpersonal value. Um, so to be in, in relationship with anyone and to have excluded all boasting already makes it uh, peaceful. Hmm. You're, you're not at war with one another. Hmm. Uh, to Maybe at war sounds dramatic, but, but yeah. whatever less dramatic metaphor it would be. Mm-hmm. So that, that I think is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I think we all struggle with comparing each other mm-hmm. uh, to ourselves, trying to outdo one another. I don't mm-hmm. think any Christian explicitly tries to boast, mm-hmm. but at least in our hearts, we we want to impress people. Mm-hmm. And it's a pr- so it's a pretty gross way to relate, and it it diminishes the fact that Jesus has freed us from that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, it's pretty powerful, pretty beautiful to imagine a community Mm. of people who are like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that naturally flows to being willing to be vulnerable. Because if you're no longer having to boast, Mm. then you can, you can be real. Yeah. That's an, that's, that's an interesting, that phrase there, vulnerable. And I'll say something once, once you finish, finish your thought. Um, I think I I finished. Go ahead. (laughs) A sort of confession. Um, I find um, this whole idea of relation, uh, how justice changes our relationship, relationship to one another, intriguing. But to cap cap it with you know a, a phrase or a word, this is about community. Um, I find community to be desirable on the one end, but extremely hard mm. on the other. Mm. And sometimes maybe this is part of my personality. But sometimes in the moment, undesirable. Sure. Um, I'd ra- much rather have just me to deal with and not somebody else that I may not particularly like in the moment. Right. Or we may not click at some level. And it's just, it's not as smooth as, as it is. And, you know, uh, when you're preaching, it's just you talking and people <laughs> listening. But when you're in community, it's not just you talking. It's, it's a whole other thing. So I really do wrestle with it. Um, I think that's the point. Right. I mean, I think we should wrestle with it because we realize we're going to have to hear how other people see us and and try to let them expose our our blind spots, Mm -hmm. our sin. And and I think what you're saying is like we want we want a more comfortable life. Mm -hmm. And it's always going to be more comfortable if we can isolate ourselves from people who want to challenge us or grow us. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, and as as I, uh, as as you're talking, I was thinking, um, we often relate to other people in in, in categories. Hmm. Like I'm pastor, and then when I'm relating to our congregate, depending on where they're at in life, they may only see me as pastor. I may only see them in the moment as congregant, and and there can be a bit of natural sort of I don't want to call it division, but there is something there that can make 
community hard in that mm. in that aspect. Um, you think of uh, intergenerational, um, older, younger, millennial. We have all these categories, and I think can make community so so hard. Mm. But the idea that God in Christ leveled the playing field that yes the older may be wiser than the younger but they're not less sinful mm-hmm. um, less in need of the gospel than than the younger so that means the older person has something relatable to say mm-hmm. biblically speaking relatable to say to the younger person um, and can be humbled in, in that and not assume oh this is just some young immature believer but it's like oh wow yeah it took me years to get to where I'm at because of the gospel. It's going mm-hmm. to take years for this person. So, I, and and vice versa, the younger person has something sure. to say to the older person as well, even if it can't be via life experience. For sure. Um, so I think it's I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong there. Like, is that what what you're getting at? Like the gospel levels a playing field for everybody. We don't. It's, we don't. Even though there are categories there that you know, there's mothers, there's fathers, mothers and and fathers and children. Those are okay, there's, there's employees and employers, those, those are fine. Um, but when it comes to essentially how the church within the body of Christ, how we relate to one another, there is no distinction. And is, does that make community more palatable? Or does that make it easier? I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm asking there. But <laughs> it can make it easier. It can also make it a lot harder because yeah. we can't hide behind those masks. Yeah. You know, we can't hide behind those uh, whatever we think makes us better than other people. Mm-hmm. So I think leveling the playing field is true in one sense, but but also it's that's a complicated phrase, I think, because um, we still, we can't not be who we are. Right. But thinking of Galatians 3, there is now no longer slave or free, male or female, Jew or Gentile. Mm-hmm. We're all one in Christ Jesus. So I don't think that, He's trying to say, stop being a man or stop being a woman. Right. But mm-hmm. he is saying those no longer have to define you fundamentally. Hmm. I think it, it, it also means that the church has this unique and beautiful calling that we can be based. Our, the thing that unites us, that joins us, mm-hmm. is Jesus, hmm. not any other value, cause, uh, demographic, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I think that also challenges us to, to, to be exposed and real and to say, well, I'm kind of taking refuge in this mm-hmm. identity that I think I have. And that's going to, that can lead to just a lot of boasting to a lot of division. But if we can say, yeah, I want to, I want to talk to, this, you know, 80 year old woman who I would never otherwise interact with Mm -hmm. because in the world we're divided and we're siloed off, Mm -hmm. but I want to see how she experiences Christ because that's going to reveal to me a bigger picture Hmm. of who Jesus is in a way that I will not be able to see. I cannot be an 80 year old woman Mm -hmm. as much as I try. Mm -hmm. Um, That multi-generational piece might be one of the greatest. <laughs> Some technical difficulties. Um, I mean, obviously, multi-generational. We also want to be multiracial. Um, I, think, I think we're good. We're good. I won't touch it. There we go. 
you know, every, no church can be perfectly uh, multi-generational or multi-racial, but I think we want to look like the community that we are in. Mm-hmm. And so the, the less that we look like the community that we are in probably exposes the fact that we are being united by something other than Jesus mm. or along with Jesus. It might be Jesus and. Mm-hmm. So that's another you know, big challenge that I think comes straight from the gospel. Mm-hmm. That, that are we are we boasting? Are we being? Uh, are we valuing um, other things, other cultural, you know, mm-hmm. idols or values that that mm-hmm. are not necessarily Jesus? Yeah, that's 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 actually helpful. Yeah, um, and I, I think you know this. Like I was getting the level of the playing field language. Though that may the, may not be the best you know, the, the famous phrase for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's before that he starts mm. it with, where there is no distinction. Mm. Um, when it, when it comes to how God looks at the world, um, it's, it's different than how we often are forced to look at the world. He looks at, there's no distinction. All have sinned the 80 year old woman, as well as the, 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 the 25 year old general Gen Zer, mm-hmm. <laughs> all both, both have sinned and both stand before God as, as sinners. Um, and because of that, both stand before God, if they place their faith in Christ, equally righteous. Um, though one person may live a life where there's more uh, evidence of righteousness works afterwards because they've lived longer. Um, it's not necessarily uh, more righteous <laughs> um, in the moment. But what really, Again, what what I can't wait to get to when we get to other parts of of our series is how community is tied so directly to this idea of justice, Hmm. so closely to the cross. And I don't know if you said this in the sermon, but I think we, you know, we as Christians can overemphasize one of two things, not overemphasize, but lean heavily on one at the expense of the other. We can be so look at what the cross has done for us individually. I am justified by faith. We can forget that Christ through the cross bought a people. Mm-hmm. There's a whole community where there is no distinction. Mm-hmm. Or we can be so communally based that we, we, we when since we, we lose the, the beauty of individual justification mm-hmm. and it just becomes community. Mm-hmm. And um, so just, there's not a question behind this, but it, it is just something I'm, I'm excited to explore more mm-hmm. is that uh, justice is almost like two sides to the same coin. There is God has made me righteous before God, but I can't just say he just made me righteous. Right. If, if I'm just saying God made just me righteous, I, I, I open myself up to a, a boastful posture about my righteousness. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right, and I would just say in our context where we where we exist now in New Haven, Connecticut, and in just the Western world in general, we we are swimming in individualism mm-hmm. and all that comes with consumerism that we're so far away from being too communal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we really need to try to realize how much we just assume individualism all the time. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We just we assume that that I should come first, that whatever my needs are, mm-hmm. um, 
that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I want to hear Jerry what some critiques, some critiques, some hard questions. What should I have drawn into more? <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess I don't really have critiques. Some of the things that I've brought up have been things that I I, I can say I some uh, just to pique my own interest. I wish you would have gone into more, but you know, we only have 30 minutes to, to, uh, deliver a sermon. And because of that, that limits what we can say, um, and what we can't say though. So there's always more and more to say. So I think the things that I, that I've said, um, are things that, yeah, well, I wish you would explore more, um, like the communal piece. I don't, the reason I, I would say I'm glad you didn't is because that wasn't so much in the text itself. Um, and it will come up later. For it, sure. it will come up. It will come up later in the series. Um, but yeah, m- maybe, um, maybe, 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 maybe. Again, uh, I'm, I'm sympathetic to sermon preparation um, and what's always missed or left out. Things have to be left out. Um, but this whole idea that God put Christ forward as a propitiation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there is some beauty to that, but to people who don't have theological categories or when they hear God put forward this and when we understand what happened, a man died on a cross, like a brutal death and it was God who put him for it. There are some, there's some, there may be some problems there. So how would you answer some of those problems? Mm -hmm. Like here's a man who was unjustly, humanly speaking, Mm -hmm. murdered, (laughs) murdered. He was lied about. He was, it was, everything was deceptive and they murdered him and they, they dehumanized this, this individual, mm-hmm. um, shamed him. It was a whole shame thing. And yet Paul can proudly say that this was God putting this man forward as a demonstration of righteousness. If anything, that looks like unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting there. <laughs> All right. That's a great question. Yeah. I think, I think it goes back to, uh, what does it mean to be just? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I if I rear end somebody in my car, I can pay for it. That would be the just thing. Mm-hmm. They could pay for it themselves. That would be forgiveness towards me, and they have to sort of pay the debt. But the car has to get fixed either way, mm-hmm. presumably. So I think if the car has to get fixed, in our analogy, that's humanity. Humanity uh, either is going to get fixed or uh, will be justly punished for for mm-hmm. eternity. And so God, it's almost as if God figured out this puzzle where His love and His justice could finally meet. Mm-hmm. That He He does love His people so much. Mm-hmm. That he's willing to cause pain to himself mm-hmm. in Jesus, mm-hmm. and we t- we have to remember the mystery of the Trinity. This is not God doing this to somebody else. Mm-hmm. This is God doing it to Himself mm-hmm. in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That He was willing to take it on. Like that's that's what forgiveness is. Mm-hmm. I will bear the burden of mm-hmm. your sin mm-hmm. so that you may live, yeah. and that's. If, if humanity really is going to get fixed, mm-hmm. we need a new creation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beginning of yeah. the new creation. Mm-hmm. That, that sin, he can't wink at sin. You yeah. know, he can't just let it go yeah. or else it will destroy us and it will destroy our relationship to him. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. What you just said there, it's 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 helpful. Um, in in the in the analogy that you used of a, a car being broken, um, being wrecked, and it sounds like what you're saying is somebody has to pay, not something. Somebody has to pay, right. and we live in a world of of personalities and persons, and it's persons who are unjust, even if they are, even if um, it's called you know even if there's systems that are in place but it's still persons that are unjust um, we can't condemn just a system we have to condemn the people behind it that's how we fix the system so people somebody has to pay and that's just how god has ordered the order of the world mm-hmm. um either man is gonna man is gonna be righteous or man is not gonna be righteous and if man is not righteous then it's man that has to pay um yeah so Again, maybe pressing a little bit, we understand, okay, man must be paid, but how can one man Mm. pay for Mm -hmm. many people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, another good question. Maybe you should just hold it. I I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. I'll just do this. (laughs) Um, How can one man pay for the sins of many? I think is your question. Yeah. And... I don't know if there's a good answer other than than he is not just a, a human. Hmm. So I couldn't die for you, Jerry. Mm-hmm. But he is he is both fully human and fully God. So he is able to uh, bear that humongous penalty. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I think we have to give the the freedom to God to choose as as he wants. Hmm. So if if this is a just payment. And he says it is. Mm-hmm. Who are we to say, no, you should have gone about it the other way. way? Yeah, You should have done something else. The problem with doing basically anything else, any other idea, idea we may have, is that it will destroy us. Mm. So, because if, if, if the sacrifice is not pers- perfectly innocent and perfectly righteous, so the, the animals back in the Old Testament had to be blameless, but that was always just pointing to... Mm-hmm. Jesus, if he's not perfectly innocent and righteous, then his sacrifice is not pure. Mm-hmm. So he's not he's not producing this new creation that we can actually have mm-hmm. a new life that can come into the presence of God. Mm. And maybe that's another side to it too: is realizing what we're talking about is ultimately coming into the presence of a being mm-hmm. that is hard to imagine, but yeah. perfectly perfectly holy Mm -hmm. so there are some things left in our society maybe the oval office things like that Mm -hmm. that that you don't just stroll into Mm -hmm. in you know jean shorts and sandals yeah if you if you magnify that yeah you know by infinity then you can't we can't just stroll into the presence of god even though we were made for it yeah and even though he wants that Mm -hmm. for us Mm -hmm. and even though nothing will satisfy us like that yeah there still has to be a huge reconstruction of yeah. us yeah. so that we can hmm. enter. Yeah. That's, that's helpful. Um, yeah. And I also think we, I think we understand the idea of representation. I mean, you, you, you can think about, um, how there's this push for uh, people of different ethnicities to be represented mm. in, mm-hmm. in, in movies and books, um, in public offices, because there's something to be said about representation. Sure. Um, even if 
we understand this doesn't speak for every single person, but it does speak for a general population. Like this is possible. Look, that's, you can see yourself in there. Um, but we, we also see it in political office. We have ambassadors, mm-hmm. ambassadors, um, that go overseas to speak on behalf of the president. They are not Joe Biden, but they speak with the authority of Joe mm-hmm. Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, or we heard it put this way. If, if America goes to war, yes, though you and I will never pick up arms and go overseas and fight a battle. America is at war and we all suffer the consequences of that financially, you know, even in families, uh, if, if some of their families have to go overseas to go to war, we understand that there is a representation, there's something embedded in creation mm. that I think as you were saying, this is just how God has ordered things. Mm. And, um, I, I forget which Puritan gave this illustration. It's sort of a, a silly one, but it's, I think it's fun to, to bring up. Um, so there, there, are, there are two people that are the most important people in the entire history of humanity. Adam and Jesus. Adam was the head of all creation. If Adam did right, man would be right. So the illustration goes like this. These, here are these two giants. And, all, and the, both giants have this massive belt on. And they have this massive belt buckle on, on them. You can say the one belt buckle had an A and the other one had a JC, Jesus Christ. The one, and then on the belt had all these hooks. And on these hooks hung on the first giant, all of humanity were on these hooks hanging from him. And the giant's walking and the giant falls. If the giant falls, what happens to all those on him? Mm. Fall with him. Well, the second giant comes in, the one with the big buckle JC. And what he does, all what he does, he goes and he picks up humanity and puts him on his, on, on his, on his hooks. But he doesn't fall. And if the giant doesn't fall... The second giant, what does that mean for those that are connected to him? Hmm. And that just seems to be, a, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a silly illustration. Um, it has a sense of a fairy tale. But I think it plays off of both what the Bible says, how it just seems nature it represents itself. Um, and then how I think we understand justice. We rejoice in the fact when a person who is, who is clearly guilty is punished. We also rejoice when somebody is wrongly punished and then the the person other person's found out and that person pays so one person sets free and one one person pays pays mm-hmm. for it i think we we naturally see that and that that just that helps doesn't dissolve all the problems but what you just said about god jesus is not just man so it's not like i can die for you or i can die for somebody else and it pay for your sin it may be a poetic moment but it won't be a a moment of sacrifice it won't be a moment that's going to pay for your sin so i don't know <laughs> like I'm just, um, you know, just talking word vomiting here, but no, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the sense that we have of justice, if, if, uh, I mean, young kids have such a strong sense of justice, hmm. it seems embedded in our very nature that we want things to be fair. Hmm. And it can be really annoying when you're raising young kids that they, <laughs> when they want to, uh, pick on that at every little detail, but mm. it is, I think, a God-given desire mm. that things should be fair. Mm. We have this sense. Where did it come from? We have this sense that things should be just, mm-hmm. and I think it comes from God. Mm-hmm. And if we really want things to be just, hallelujah, mm-hmm. Jesus has said, yes, things will be just. Mm. If you really want it just, you need to hide in my work, mm. find life in my work. Mm. Because then you can actually, you know, it frees us to actually want pure justice because we don't have to be afraid when it gets applied back to us. Hmm. 
What do you think, Alex? We're at we're at thirty one, thirty two minutes. Check check. I thought that was great. I can I can listen to that all day. <laughs> and that's the problem. Like I'm like, all right, well yeah, it's thirty three. We said twenty five, but yeah, that's the way it goes. Jerry, I'm sorry about that. It's all right. I mean, you'll probably cut a minute or two, right? Yeah, minute or two.